Welcome back, everybody, to the Covenant Eyes podcast. I am the host of the podcast, Karen Potter, joined with my co-host, Brandon Clark, who is kind of like living the high life today because he has brand new podcast equipment. He's got a new mic. He's got a new computer. (laughs) He's got all the goods. And here I am stuck with my old Windows computer. I don't know what's going on here, Brandon. (laughs) Well, I don't know. A little birdie told me that you have some new equipment coming too. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's nice. We've been having a lot of success with the podcast and we just want to continue to level up and get it better and better, you know, not just for our sake, but for our our listeners, you know, being able to reach more people with better quality. When you think about podcasting, there are so many podcasts. I think there's over 3 million podcasts in Apple Podcasts, right? So what we do as far as the conversation goes is one thing, but the quality is another thing. And we want to be right up there with the other podcasts to be able to draw people's attention and keep them there. So that's a little bit just for our listeners, why there's some new equipment and some new sounds today. We really just want to make it better for you to continue to share the great work of others. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's exciting. And, you know, it's really, we're just really grateful because because the podcast is growing and expanding. We can invest a little bit into that to bring you that better quality. What's really exciting about today's podcast is that we have uh, returning Joshua Broom, who Everybody really enjoyed the last interview that we had done, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just so grateful to have him back to talk about some amazing projects that he's working on. Joshua, how are you today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me back. It was a it was a great conversation last time, and uh, on my end as well, I heard so much great feedback and so many uh, deeper questions because of the conversation we had. So it was awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so glad to hear that, Joshua. For those who missed our first episode, maybe talk a little bit about yourself. We can obviously get into your story a little bit later. So just give us the 10,000-foot overview of where you were and where you're at now. Yeah, I, I grew up in a small town in South Carolina, pursued acting and modeling, ended up in Hollywood. And due to a series of really bad decisions, I ended up in the adult film industry, in the porn industry. I was in the porn industry for six years, did over a thousand movies. And uh, the, the brokenness that I had in my heart, I thought I could fulfill it by achievement. And I found that to be wrong, but I tried my very best. So the success I had in the industry Uh, It didn't lead to joy or fulfillment. It actually led to a depression so deep and so dark that I nearly took my life. But instead, I ran for my life and I spent about two years trying to cover up my past, which I could not. And then I met a girl that told me that I was not defined by my worst mistake and I'm not defined by the greatest thing I'll ever do. God and God alone defines who a person is. And she asked me if I knew him and her... Uh, her boldness and her honesty, it created a curiosity in me that caused me to say, well, why can she respond to me sharing with her that I was in the industry in this way? And she invited me to church and uh, in that church service, Holy Spirit did something in my heart and I gave my life to Jesus. And that was eight years ago. And me and that young lady have been married for uh, seven years. And we have three uh, sons. And I get the honor and privilege of serving on the executive team of a ministry called Share the King. Uh, We're based in Dallas, Texas. And God has just uh, blown my mind, like truly, Hmm. you know, uh, did more than I could ever hope or imagine 
uh, with my life. So it's it's a joy to share my story and it's a joy to be here with you guys. That's incredible. And you've got a lot that you've been working on in the last year or so. So I have seen yeah. work with I Am Second, which I want to talk a little bit about that. I've seen um, you've got a course that you've put out as well um, that I'd like yeah. to dive into. And it's helpmebefree.com. And it walks yeah. people through 10 steps to get free from pornography. So I want to dive into that as well. But start wherever you'd like. But let's share with our listeners some of the work that you've been doing over the past year. Yeah. So the I Am Second film. So we filmed that um, last summer. And uh, I Am Second is uh, an organization that I've always been uh, a huge fan of because they make great content. They tell great stories and uh, those greater stories uh, connect people to God's uh, story. And I had the opportunity to to meet with them and you know spend a full day of filming, sharing my story. And as our relationship grew, uh, we actually decided to partner on this project. And we did a few unique things within the project. So within my I Am Second white chair film, uh, I, ex I explicitly share the gospel, which isn't something that um, they've done in that format, in that way. So I literally, because I share my testimony in such a way where uh, you know, I'm, I'm faced, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this pastor tell this story about the dynamic between Jonathan and David and then how Mephibosheth, he thought he was going to be killed because what history told him. And then the pastor pivots to Romans 3.23, which says that we're all guilty. And then Romans 6.23 says that that sin that we're all guilty of separates us from God. And if we died today, we would stay separated from God, but there's good news that Jesus, fully God, fully man, came into this world. And if you put your faith in his perfection and what he accomplished on the cross, then you are reconciled to God. That's the bridge that you need to get back to God that you can't build on your own. And I, and I share that um, in the uh, in the white chair film. And in, in addition to that, uh, on the back end, it's, it's one thing to hear uh, good the good news and to be encouraged, but how many times do we uh, get stuck where we are because we don't know what to do regarding our next step? So I gave my life right. to Jesus. Now what do I do? For me, I was lucky that you know I, I connected with a pastor three days after I gave my life to Christ, and he walked me through a very deep discipleship journey. And my my next step was always laid out in front of me, but often that's not the case. So on the back end of this video, uh, we created the curriculum, help me be free. So that's one vertical, um, you know, one bridge, like, okay, if, if you're, if your struggle is pornography, then we want you to have this, you know, bridge to gain the freedom that I've experienced. But in addition to that, we, on the back end, there's an opportunity to get plugged into a church. There's an opportunity to give your life to Christ. There's an opportunity to learn how to become, you know, more confident and better, uh, you know, articulate in sharing your faith. So th those are the bridges that we built on the back end that we we partnered with I Am Second. So I uh, had, had such a good time sharing it. Uh, I actually did a live on Friday, Sunday. Had a, I did a live on Sunday, people asking a lot of the stories on the back end. And the most reoccurring um, good question is, how in the world did you become a preacher 
and you used to be in the porn industry. Like, how in the world did you did that? You know, how how'd that happen? Uh, most people often will look at people who are, who are doing something they want to do. And they they look past, well, uh, I did an internship for four years. I served as an associate pastor and, you know, did all the stuff that I wasn't good at or wanted to do, but I needed to, you know, serve in that capacity to get experience. I went to Liberty University and got a, a, a Bible uh, education. So I, I've done all these things that over this eight-year period that allows me to do the things I day the day I didn't step off of set and pick up a microphone and start talking about Jesus. Hmm. That's an That's awesome so powerful, story, Joshua. Yeah, and it's yeah, so and it actually like relates really well to our struggles with pornography because it's a journey. Sure. It's a step-by-step process. You don't just you know you have to grow and you have to be you know growing in your faith and getting sanctified and. It's just ongoing. So I love that, that you've done the work and you put in the time and that is why you are doing what you do now and doing it well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me, it's like a lot of people, you know, what specifically changed my life? Well, uh, I fell in love with Jesus and Jesus is a huge proponent of the gospels. And, you know, it, and I decided to take the Bible seriously in that uh, if, if Jesus said that not a dot, not an iota of his word will pass away until it's all fulfilled. And uh, he used the scriptures himself to fight the temptation of Satan. Yeah. You know, uh, like, well, they, they must be of some value for me. So I really took it upon myself to dismantle and destroy the lies that I believe to be true, because that's the dangerous thing about a lie. If you believe a lie to be true, it's true to you. Mm. So yeah. I say, okay, well, you know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scriptures God breathed and it's good for teaching, rebuking, reproof. Okay, reproof. I need to dismantle and destroy these lies because I created a a plausible reality based on guilt, shame, and lies. So I need to tear it down and I need to build a new foundation. It was clinging onto the word that allowed me to to be where I am and and just kind of grow in that process that you were talking about. Like there's literally this consecration process that that you go through um, regardless of what your struggle is looked like. And one of the things that I really like about I am second is its use of stories. And we see that time and time again throughout scripture, right? Uh, One one example that just comes to mind is the woman at the well and how, how Jesus just has this profound Uh, encounter with her and she goes and tells so many people and you're really not to call you a woman but you're you're really that that person you've had this profound encounter with christ and you're going and you're sharing that message with many others and i really appreciate that you know when people come and they see your videos with i am second what is it that you're hoping they take away from that story yeah that regardless of what your life has looked like you don't have to stay stuck where you are because that that's the lie of the enemy, right? So John 10, 10 talks about how the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, he wants to kill you. Um, he wants to steal um, anything, uh, in, any joy that you might be able to obtain. Uh, he, he wants to, you know, just keep you from who God has called you to be because why are we here? Well, we're here to know God, love God, and to to live a life that brings Him glory by utilizing the gifts and talents that He gave us to, you know, express Himself. We, you know, we're carriers of that word of reconciliation. So you won't do that. You won't carry that word well. You won't, you know, proclaim the gospel. You won't share your story. You'll stay stuck and you'll stay in hiding. 
because of your shame. And I share my story with such boldness because I want people to know that you don't have to stay stuck where you are and there's nothing that you've ever done that could compare to the grace and the mercy that God offers through his son, Jesus. Um, I'm often reminded of uh, just the, the whole story of Peter, but I love when Jesus looks at Peter and says, Satan has um, said that he's going to sift you like wheat. And in not if, when you turn back to me, go and strengthen your brethren. And then you, and then you go later on the story and, you know, that in, in the, this interaction with Jesus and Peter, they're having breakfast on the beach. And, um, Jesus says, you know, do you love me? Do you agape me? And Peter says, I phileo you. And then Jesus says, what do you do? Do you agape me? And then again, Peter says, I phileo you. He's not willing to commit to agape because he knew that he failed. And then the third time Jesus says, do you phileo me? Um, and he says, yes, because, you know, in the, in the Greek language, uh, love has different expressions, different levels, right? So this agape love, this, 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 the totality of love, the full expression of love, selflessness, um, that, that resembles how God cares for us. He didn't commit to that. And then Jesus said, well, well, I'm willing to meet you where you are. Are you willing to bring where you are truly to me? Because I can work with that. And if we bring ourselves with honesty and transparency and vulnerability, God will take you to a place that you never could have gotten without him. So Jesus's response to him when he says that is go feed my sheep. And, and that's the call upon each and every person that has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, each and every person that's given their life to Jesus. Uh, you're called to make disciples. You're called to you know, share that good news. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my hope with the video that uh, regardless of what you've done, uh, whether it be something that you did that caused pain to yourself or others, or maybe something happened to you in that trauma, regardless of how it happened, uh, it, it's keeping you in bondage and there is freedom on the other side of the cross. That's so powerful and so good. And I know there are listeners out there that needed to hear that. So I just, I hope that our listeners can really take that to heart and take the next steps. Um, You know, as I was going through and just Joshua looking at like, help me be free and your 10 steps to freedom and just kind of going through that. The one thing that struck me is that the way that you have this laid out, it is so, it it is so easy to follow the system if you just do the work. And and I love how you incorporate getting connected to other humans, getting connected to a group as part of your journey, because oftentimes in our work, we hear people that, um, you know, they want to fight this addiction to pornography on their own. And, and that, you know, because we live in such a narcissist society where people are always kind of just, you know, out for themselves and taking care of themselves, they think they can battle this alone. But at the end of the day, that's not biblical and it's not really what we're called to do. So can you talk a little bit about how that one anothering is so important to our journey to freedom. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's biblical, right? So we're we we are forgiven through repentance, but we are healed through relationship with others. And you know, the book of James talks about that, where we are we are called to confess to one another so that we will be healed. And there's something beautiful about saying, you know what, uh, I'm willing to share my struggle with you because. I understand that you're imperfect as well. 
Um, like I'm really passionate about creating safe places for people to share their struggles. And the reality is that, that is why pornography is so prevalent. Like it just eclipsed a hundred billion dollars in revenue. It's, you know, it's viewed wow. more than uh, people watch Netflix, people watch, you know, visit Amazon, people visit Twitter, you add all those together and it doesn't eclipse the number of, you know, times that people visit pornography websites on a daily basis. So if that many people are watching it and it's so destructive to our society, you know, average age of exposure, you know, 11 years old, um, 56% of divorces have some type of pornography consumption within it. it and, you know, it's either causing it explicitly or it's contributing to some deeper form of infidelity it's it's catastrophic it's it's wrecking our homes it's it's impacting our productivity it's robbing us of our identity and it's so problematic but i share all that to say it's most likely that the people in your circle they've struggled with it too or at minimum they've seen it and they know the impact that it causes so that should give us permission to say, you know what, I'm struggling with this and I don't want to stay stuck where I am. And when you confess that, it loses its power over you. That's, the, I mean, that's the beauty of sharing a secret. It takes all the weight off of you. And when you bring darkness into light, it no longer is holding you captive. So yeah. um, that's why it's so important to be in a group, to be in a community and say, hey, um, not only do I want to share my struggles with you, but I want to be encouraged and everyone needs a little kick in the butt sometimes. Everyone needs to, <laughs> hey, are you doing the work? Because, you know, to be honest, it's like, hey, you got you got really good at sinning and it's going to take a lot of work to be free from pornography. And you're going to have to, it's going to cost you something. You're probably going to, you know, you're, you're going to need to download an app. You're going to need to to create some restrictions that might be inconvenient to you um, because maybe you like looking at your phone in your bedroom before you fall asleep, but if it's going to lead you into sin, that compromise is not worth it. Uh, so, so maybe you don't even need to have a smartphone at all. You like you might have to do something radical that's really inconvenient to you to get freedom, but it's worth it. It really is. Yeah. I think one of the dangers too is that people, as they um, find freedom from pornography, a lot of times they get this kind of false sense of like, you know, strength and, and they forget that the sin can come back and we've got yeah. to be in connective um, relationship with others because, you know, yeah. we are all susceptible to, you know, sin on a daily basis. And you talk a little bit in yeah. your training about that kind of false freedom, right? And how that yeah. bondage mm -hmm. of addiction can come back. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious, like, how does relationship and accountability really help us address that kind of false sense of security that we get sometimes when we've had freedom for a while um, and, and not fall into that temptation to go back? Yeah, I mean, uh, you think about like Romans 12 too, it talks about we're not to be conformed by the world, rather we're, we're to be, you know, uh, you know, we're not to be conformed by the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, there's a metamorphosis that we need to go to. So that's, you know, that's the what and the how is Second uh, Corinthians 10, 5. It's like we need we need to be able to, you know, call out these, you know, false pretensions. We need to be able to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And, and that's not something that you can just passively do. That's something that you have to actively do. Like I have to be active. And what I have to do is I have to create self-awareness. 
I have to be self-aware before I can be obedient. Hmm. I have to be self-aware. If I, if I don't know that there's something that's tripping me up, I'm going to continue tripping over it. And I'm going to be like, why, well, why do I keep tripping over that? Well, if, if I look down and see that there's something causing me to stumble, then I have a better chance of not stumbling again. And often uh, I can't see as well as the other people around me. So I say that to say, I need people in my life that's, that are willing to say, hey, uh, you, you are being a little short-tempered um, or you're being a little distant. That's not like you. Are you okay? And you loving enough, you loving that person enough to tell them the truth. It's like, you know what? I'm not okay. Actually, uh, this is going on in my life because when people are, you know, in this porn struggle, uh, they don't wake up and say, I'm going to go watch porn. Like, it's very rare that I've heard this case because it's generally I see something and then there's then then there's a compromise and then there's a deeper compromise but before that actual thought when i saw that thing there was a, an emotion i was sad i was hungry um i was frustrated uh, i was lonely i was feeling some sort of way and then i saw something and then i was more likely to compromise when i saw that but what if i was feeling some sort of way and now now i'm self aware it's like well when i feel like when i feel like this I normally do something stupid. So instead, I'm going to call a friend. There you I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to modify my behavior because habit has to be replaced by habit. Like Tom, Thomas Kempis uh, has, has a lot of great information by that. But ultimately, like a habit has to be replaced by a habit. And I got really, gun, uh, really good at creating this neurological pattern of rewarding myself in this way. So I've got to replace it with something. Uh, and then like, if you really lean into like how much time you waste by watching that, it's like, man, whatever goal you have in your life, or whatever it is, like anything, if you put that time that you went uh, watching porn towards that thing, like you would have the degree, you would have the business, you would have the knowledge, you would speak the language, like whatever it is that you want to do. Take that time and point it into a direction that's going to actually be beneficial for your life. And that is how your life will transform. That's really good. And I think, too, you know, in terms of accountability, I think of Proverbs 27, right? Iron yeah, sharpens iron, one, yeah, man, yeah. one man sharpens another. One of the things I want to talk about is in the first step, and I, I was just really struck by this, so I, I think it's important to talk about. You talked about how the porn industry capitalizes on identity. Yeah. And I remember hearing more of your story of how you really didn't have a father, yeah. yet he was in the same town as you were, but you didn't have a relationship with him and how that led to just kind of an identity struggle, just trying to figure out who you are. Can you talk a little bit about that part of your journey? And then to those listening, talk more about how the identity factor is such a key component of the struggle with pornography. Yeah. So for me, uh, growing up in a small town um, without my dad in my home, but he was in my town and seeing him uh, at at an early age that caused confusion. And as I got older, that caused frustration and being someone who has a high achiever personality, um, I thought I needed to prove him wrong. Um, I I thought I needed to, you know, overcompensate for the worthlessness or the inadequacy that I felt, and I had to comp- overcompensate that with uh, to prove my worth, to prove my value, and that you know looked like as a kid, you know, I had to make the best grades, 
I had to make the team. I had to make the shot. I had to score score the most points. And then it, it you know it evolved into you know getting the most girls, getting the girl that no one else could. And it was like conquest after conquest with momentary satisfaction. You know that gave me that dopamine hit that made me feel good. That didn't do anything for the wound that I had in my heart. And I started to shape my identity around I'm not good enough. So I have to, you know, prove to the world that I am by accomplishing things so that I get the affirmation of others. And it's not going to really replace the thing that I don't have, but it'll feel good for a moment. Mm -hmm. And I became insatiable for that. Um, So to your point, uh, this identity crisis, because the that's why the the thing that you know what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. And if we believe that um, that you know we were you know that our life is just random and our our life doesn't matter, and you know I'm I'm just you know flowing in through the wind, and I'm I'm conforming to uh, whatever my parents say I should do, and and the person that my parents say I should be, or my friend circle, or the school that I'm going to, and I'm allowing other people to influence how I see myself and how I live my life. What's going to happen is your behavior and your experience is going to be the thing that creates your identity. Mm-hmm. But there's an author of life. Um, God yeah. created us. We're made in his image. Um, Ephesians uh, tells us that, you know, that he, he's actually gone beforehand and prepared us with these gifts and talents so that we could do the good works that we've been prepared to do. Uh, there's there's things that that we have that uh, the other people might not have. There's there's a calling on our life. There's purpose to our lives. And we have everything that we need to carry out those things. But if we don't know God, we're going to be really confused. And what happens is there's a tribute to your identity that you can form yourself um, or you can misbelieve uh, or I'm sorry, you, you can, there's aspects of our identity, like, you know, that I am an American or uh, whatever uh, ethnicity I might be like what, like certain things about me that are true, that are good. But if I create my identity out of these things, all of a sudden they become more important than they actually are. And that's what porn does. Porn takes gender, sexuality, ethnicity, uh, you know, all these things, they take them and they create this narrative where, uh, you know, this is types of niches of pornography and people are consuming it in astronomical uh, ways. But it, it's 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 so dark and so twisted that people don't even realize it. And, you know, if you pull back the veil, you get to the point where uh, if again, you can be self-aware if you can say, well, I have a desire or I find myself often consuming this type of pornography. And if, if I'm willing to take a step back and say, okay, well, I always want to watch X type of pornography. Well, that actually is a great identifier of a need that I have that was unmet or a wound that I experienced that was that impacted the way that I see myself. So that's the way that the pornography industry kind of manipulates our, our desires or our lack based on a perverted view of ourselves and they optimize that in astronomical ways. Mm, That's so true. 
Well, changing gears just a little bit, I, I actually, Joshua, in preparation for today's interview, I saw an article that you did. I think it was in, oh gosh, christianleaders.com, but you were talking mm. about a recent interview that uh, Dennis Prager had done um, and his views on pornography. Yeah. And, you know, I heard that interview as well. And I was, I was taken back by that a little bit, but right. I, I really, I wanted to bring this up because I think it kind of is something that we see quite frequently out there in the culture is that people with influence talk about pornography in a positive way. And being that you have firsthand experience in that industry, can you talk a little bit about how damaging and how awful the industry itself is and how it feeds, you know, child pornography and exploitation and all these other things and how those kind of viewpoints actually really hurt um, our movement. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just say this, anyone that, that is willing to say porn is not a bad thing. I would challenge you with this. Uh, the most popular type of pornography is teen pornography. And this teen pornography, it's girls with pigtails in their hair and stockings dressed up like a schoolgirl. Have you ever seen a teenager dress like that? Absolutely not. It's emulating a child. And the the sets, I've been on the sets, and they're literally buying schoolgirl uniforms mm-hmm. and putting these girls in them. And it's leading to people having an appetite for pedophilia. Mm-hmm. It's leading to rape culture. It's leading to sex trafficking. It's it's leading to people developing this this misunderstanding of what sex is in this objectifying people. And if you see a person as a product, you're not going to have a uh, you're not going to have a hard time objectifying them. And if you see you start to develop an appetite for sex in this way, you 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 are foolish to believe that it's not going to impact your real life. Exactly. So I mean that's that's just true. That's, that's just true. It's, it's in an astronomical rate. It's impacting kids. It's impacting, like sex trafficking wouldn't be what it, what it is unless there was pornography. Like it, it wouldn't be as prevalent as it is. And, 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 and the girls that come in the industry, there's girls that come on sets every single day on their 18th birthday. How did they get there? Well, I've met them and they've been trafficked and abused and molested since they were kids. And it, it and it makes sense to them to do this because pornography is actually bet a better choice for them coming from, from their words. They're saying this is this is safer and and less abrasive than the life that I've lived before. So they were groomed to believe this wow. is a better way. Oh, that's shocking. So if mm. yeah, so if, if if you're someone, um, the way that I would talk. You know, it, the, when I talk about pornography, the way that I start every single talk, I ask the question, is every single person deserving of human dignity? Is there anyone that does not deserve human dignity? And I've never had anyone push back on that. And the reality is you are robbing not only the person on the screen of their dignity, but you're doing it to yourself. True. Hmm. That's a powerful message. 
Joshua, as we wrap up our time together today, what message would you like to leave with our listeners as far as a takeaway about some of the things you're doing with I Am Second, some of the things you're doing with the Help Me Be Free 10 Steps? Yeah, so uh, my, my good friend Addison Brevere, so he's the COO of Messenger International. Uh, John Brevere is his father. Um, I, I love that family. I love that um, both of them are men that speak into my life. And number one, uh, I would say if you're struggling with pornography, uh, tell someone. Uh, that that's the first step because w- once you tell someone uh, and, and you and you t- you get out of the dark of that shame, uh, more more often than not, that person is going to say, I, "I've I used to struggle with it, or I know someone that has, or I've seen it, or it's impacted my family, or or, or something." Um, you're you're not going to get a lot of pushback from someone that you already have a relationship with. Uh, they're going to want to help you. So the first step of freedom is to relinquish the the burden and the shame that you're putting on yourself because you're actually keeping yourself captive. So find someone and tell someone. And then, you know, take some appropriate steps, download Covenant Eyes to your phone and lock it down. Like why be, uh, why be susceptible to things that, you know, are going to lead you in a direction you don't want to go. And also just know that like pornography is not good for you and it hurts the people that you say that you love. It's detrimental to you and it hurts people. And the fact that you're watching it, like the fact that the pornography industry is a hundred billion dollar industry, well, it's fueled by your eyes. It's monetized through viewership. And not only that, there's organizations like Traffic Junkie. So when you go to these porn sites, they sell your information to Facebook and Google. So when you see provocative ads popping up on your Facebook and your other social media because You've seen something you probably shouldn't have been watching. It's not a coincidence. They are selling your information. You are the product. So please come to your senses. It's it's a it's not uh, not even it's not even close to something that's a moral good. It's evil and it's destroying you. And there's so much good and so much purpose that you could be stepping into if you remove this from your life. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a long journey that you'll probably have to, you know, put safeguards up in, you know, in your life for the rest of your life. Gosh, it's worth it. And you can do it. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Very good. Oh my gosh. So inspirational. And someone out there is probably lots of someone's are very excited to hear what you have to say and that hope. Um, so thank you, Joshua, for sharing that. Brandon, what yeah. were some of your key takeaways from today's episode? Well, so much. I, but I think one of the things that I think about is the power of testimony and how if we are willing to share our story that can help break down some barriers, some walls for others. So there, every, every one of us struggles in some way with something, right? It doesn't have to be pornography, but we're all sinners. We're all broken. So we have struggles. Being willing to bring that forward to others and share that not only will help ourselves in bringing it to the light, but it could help others as well in in bringing their struggles to the light. The other thing that I quickly mention is if you're looking to break free from pornography, visit helpmebefree.com. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes as well yeah. as the I Am Second video that we were talking about. But these are 10 practical and easy steps you can take, Karen, to begin that journey to freedom. 
So those are those are probably my two biggest takeaways. How about yeah, you? Yeah, that's so good. Well, you know, I just I'm inspired. I'm in start inspired by Joshua's story. Every time I hear it, it's amazing how God has taken, you know, what was broken yeah. and his life experiences and is now using it for a powerful force for good. And I am just so grateful. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that this message is really going to hit home with. So Joshua, I just want to thank you so much for coming back on the Covenant Eyes podcast yeah. and for all of your work out there. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, can, can I can I can I leave us with a verse? Absolutely. Because this this, Please do. this so this uh, there's two verses, um, but uh, so so when we think about repentance. Um, so God God's not mad at you; He's for you. He loves you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not um, we we can't be uh, afraid of God and and then love Him because we're afraid of Him. It is through our love for Him we learn to fear Him because the fear of the Lord is our treasure. Um, but Second Corinthians seven uh, nine and ten says this. Now I'm glad that I sent it, not because I hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was a kind of sorrow that God wants His people to have. Not that you were harmed by us in any way, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. Some some translations say deliverance. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in a spiritual death. I would say this. There's a huge difference between I'm sorry and God, I repent Mm -hmm. because I'm sorry is I got caught and I feel bad. Repentance is this is hurting me. This is a violation of my promises to God and God has a better way for my life. So repentance is I'm going to turn my back to it and I'm going to run from it. I want to be like Joseph, not David. I want to have the interaction with Potiphar's wife and flee. I don't want to look, look again and do something I shouldn't have done. And David, instead of clearing his browser history, he killed Uriah. So that's where we end up. We end up doing something we never would have done if we wouldn't have taken a second look and we would have fleed. So uh, desire uh, a fear of the Lord in that God loves you. And if I have a reverence for him, the byproduct of that is going to be an, an obedience to him that supersedes my desires. You know, so I, I have to desire God and be satiated in him more than my flesh. And if I can get to that place, it's so much easier to say no. Ooh, wow, praise yeah. God for that. That's the best way to end the show right there. <laughs> Until next time, everybody from Covenant Eyes, we are so grateful for you joining us. God bless, take care, and we'll see you again on the flip side.